Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com. Well, an interesting thing happened to me last week. There was a knock on my front door, which uh, during the COVID-19 stay-at-home order is a little bit unusual that someone's knocking on my front door. So I cautiously went over, answered the door, and discovered a book-shaped package on the porch. And I thought, ooh, someone's sending me a book. And sure enough, it was from Zondervan Publishers. I opened the book, and I was so delighted that it was my friend Kathy Lipp's new book, which is called Ready for Anything, Preparing Your Heart and Home for Any Crisis, Big or Small. I immediately got on Voxer and I asked Kathy if she'd come on my podcast. She said yes. And here she is, Kathy here we Lipp. Are. Yay. <laughs> I'm so glad to be with you, Laura. I'm so glad that you found time in your busy book launch schedule to come and join me here for a few minutes. You know, it's a busy book launch schedule, but Ironically, my travel is way down. So, you know, <laughs> oh, it all works knew? out. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> well, Kathy, I wanted to let you know that you are a big reason why the Professional Writer Podcast came to be in the first place. What? Yes, you are. I remember a few years ago, we were at a meeting together and you told me, don't give your audience what you know they need. Give them what they think they want. And then once they're on board give them what you know they need or something like that. <laughs> yes, I give that advice a lot. It makes me sound very tricky. But yeah, you you have to you have to advertise the ice cream and then you can serve the vegetables. Yes. Oh, that's a much better way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded very kind of theological though the way yeah. that I just <laughs> yes it really did it sounded like you were it was coming from a deep spiritual place yes oh that. very much so I was thinking about those words that you said and in terms of the writers that I work a lot with I know what they need I know what they want so I'm going to do both in this podcast right. and so I took your podcasting course your and oh. Roger your husband Roger's yeah. podcasting course and that was such a nice combination of inspiration from you and step-by-step -step techie information from Roger. And um, I've also listened to every single episode of your Communicator oh, Academy podcast. I think we're up to what, 198 or 196. Yeah, something like that. It's crazy. You didn't know this, Kathy, but you and I have spent a lot of time together. Well, for the that last makes me so happy. You know, um, I love doing that podcast because I feel like we just have the best guests on there who they're not people who just talk about writing. They actually do the writing and they do their own promotion and they do their own book launches. And that's what you want is somebody who's in the trenches, not somebody who has great ideas on what you should do, but has never really done it. Yeah. So you are quite the podcaster. You've been at it for a long time. For those of you that have not heard of Kathy before, I want to tell you just a couple things about her. She is a national speaker. She's the best-selling author of 20 books. That's a lot of books, Kathy. That's a lot of books. Some Here of them I shouldn't have written, but that's okay. <laughs> She's written Overwhelmed, Clutter-Free, The Get Yourself Organized Project, The Husband Project, and then most recently, Ready for Anything, which we're going to be talking about today. She runs a Facebook group called Clutter-Free Academy, and she also has a podcast called Clutter-Free Academy 
the podcast with Kathy Lip. We stick with a theme. Yes. <laughs> I like it. And then you also have a completely separate brand or a related brand, Communicator Academy. And you have, as I mentioned, a podcast for Communicator Academy with your co-host, the amazing Michelle Kashat. Yes. 192 episodes as of this week. Yeah, that's a lot. A lot. You speak at conferences across the United States, and I do know of one conference that you're going to be speaking at in October, which happens to be the West Coast Christian Writers Online Conference. Very excited about that. We always have a good time with the uh, West Coast Christian Writers. Yes. And Kathy and I served on the board for West Coast Christian Writers for a number of years, which is how we originally got to know each other. And one other thing about Kathy, you host the Writing at the Red House retreats at your home in the El Dorado National Forest in California. So tell us a little bit about those retreats. That sounds intriguing. I haven't been to one yet. Yeah, there's something special, I will say. We usually have about uh, six authors as guests. And so we have everybody from the newbie to the multi-published. And then we have one instructor who is there the whole time. And then we also have somebody that is called the house elf. And I did not call them this. They decided to call themselves this. But this is somebody who takes care of all the wonderful meals that we have and makes sure that the s'mores are set up and, you know, cleans the bathroom in between people being there. We do them from Sunday night to Friday morning. It's a great way to really hunker down. You spend the mornings writing and the afternoons learning and the meals times eating. Or, you know, we go to a winery one night, we go to a restaurant, you know, when there's no COVID. So we're very excited to have that open up again here, hopefully in the near future. We're not sure what the schedule looks like, but it's kind of a magical place. And Hmm. what ends up happening is people, they come one year and then as a group, they sign up for the next year. So that's been very heartening. I've talked with several people that have attended them and across the board, everybody is like, this is the best retreat and they all love it. And I've talked to several of your instructors too, and they also love it. They're like, Kathy treats us like royalty or you and your team and your house self. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because when you're pouring out like that, you need to be poured into. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the instructors get their own room and the snacks of their choice. So I have a funny story to share with uh, our listeners that involves you and me. I'm just going to lay this one on you and see if you remember it. I can't wait. (laughs) One time you and your husband, Roger, stopped by my house and it was early afternoon. And my husband and I politely asked you, would you like a cup of toddy? And yeah, her eyes are (laughs) getting big. And do you remember your reaction? You and Roger had these stunned and horrified looks on your faces. I had no idea what a toddy was. I think you were thinking I meant a hot toddy, like the drink that has whiskey and honey and lemon juice in it. And she's like, why is Laura offering me at noon a hot toddy? Yes. (laughs) Uh, So we were referring to what is now known as cold brew coffee. Right. And that's that flavorful, smooth coffee that we, you make at home. You steep fresh ground beans in water overnight, and then you drip the coffee through a filter. And we still drink it. Yes, because the very next day, you texted me that Roger had gone home and bought a toddy maker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we have served that at the Red House. Oh, excellent. So what is your favorite? I know that you and I are both coffee aficionados, dare I say, coffee snobs. Yes. So what's, what's your favorite brew of coffee? Do you have a preference? I would have to say, 
Now, you say I'm a coffee snob, but you know what? I'm a pretty basic girl. And I mean basic in the way the kids say. Because I'll do Starbucks. I'll do Pete's. I will even do Folgers in a really desperate situation. Yeah, I know. It's bad. But you know what? One of the favorite traditions here at the Red House is that if you're coming from a different place and you have a local coffee roaster, people will bring a bag of their coffee. That has been super fun. We had somebody from Oregon and they brought Stumptown coffee. Oh, yes. And I really enjoyed that. And so that was super fun. And then I had um, my mom and one of my best friends went on a trip together, the two of them. And they were in Old House in Williamsburg and they brought a orange infused coffee. I don't know that Mm -hmm. I would want that every morning, but as a treat, it was delightful. Kathy, you and I could talk about coffee all day long, but I kind of suspect that our listeners aren't maybe as into the whole coffee discussion (laughs) as we are. So let's talk about your book, Ready for Anything, Preparing Your Heart and Home for Any Crisis, Big or Small. And hey, stay tuned, stay listening in, people, because we're going to be doing a book giveaway at the end of this episode. What happened with Ready for Anything was that your book launch date got changed. That often happens to authors where the book launch gets changed, but most often it's a book launch that gets pushed back in time. Yours got moved forward in time. Why did that happen? With this book, Ready for Anything, um, Preparing Your Heart and Home for Any Crisis, Big or Small. This was originally slated for June 6th, but with COVID-19, a lot of people are saying, hey, could you release this early? Could you release this early? So we ended up releasing the ebook in March and the actual physical copy just a couple of weeks in advance. None of us had a crystal ball. We had no idea that this crisis was coming. And in hindsight, I don't know if it was a great or terrible decision. As you probably know, Laura, book sales are way down because of COVID-19. People just aren't in the headspace. Everybody thought that this book would be a slam dunk for COVID. My analogy is it's like the entire world woke up finding out that they had cancer. And I wrote a great book on healthy living. Like, you know, so this is a great book about being prepared for any circumstance. So whether it's COVID or fire or job loss or anything like that. But we had so many experts who were saying, this is how you survive COVID-19, whether they were correct or not, that to put a general prepping book into the ethos was a tough sell. I don't have a crystal ball, but I think we are going to be doing a shelter in place again here. And so Zondervan has said, hey, we're, we're stuck together. We're, we're in this for the long haul. Our plan is to keep rolling this. This will be the world's longest book. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we did it early and we're going to continue long and we're just yeah. going to keep going with it. Because sadly, crises are rude. They show up unexpected and they always bring a friend. As we're recording this, Michigan, which is one of the last states to open up, just had dams break. Yeah, And, you know, so there's always a crisis on top of a crisis. So for most of us, the crisis has been COVID and job loss. But for others, it's been COVID and we know somebody who has it, or we have a family member who has it, or we've been sick in the midst of it, 
or there has been a tornado that's been part of what we've been going through or a dam break or something like that. And so this is to be prepared for any crisis. So that's the angle we're taking going forward. Yeah, I've noticed that as I've been reading the book. I think I'm up to chapter 10 right now because it just arrived the other day. So yeah. I haven't read the whole thing yet. But boy, I'm enjoying. Let me rephrase that. I'm, I'm not quite sure if I can say I'm enjoying a book about how to prepare for a crisis. But right. what I like about it, Kathy, is that the chapters are short. You deliver things in small chunks because you realize that as we read this book, we're instantly, our, I can feel my blood pressure right, rising right. as I'm reading it. And we're feeling anxious and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared. What am I going to do? Do yes. I go overboard? Do I do a little bit? And I love the fact that you have broken it down so that you're asking us like one thing per chapter, right. one small little doable thing. I really remember the chapter where you said, go out and get a a seven gallon square uh, water jug. And I'm like, oh, I have one of those already. I didn't even oh, know perfect. I had it somewhere in my garage. Yes. <laughs> um, but I can go dig that out and put water in it and I'll yes. have at least seven gallons of water right. to start with. Because uh, so most crises, one of the things that's going to be interrupted is your water supply. And to know mm -hmm. that you have good, clean water, that's a huge bonus right there. So yes, I really did try to break it down because I know the number one reason that people don't get prepared is because they're overwhelmed. They think yeah. they either think it's not trusting God to prepare, or they think they need 10 years of canned beans and an AK-47 to guard it. And I'm like, yeah, let's use some faith as and some wisdom and combine those things and say, how about we just follow the Red Cross guidelines and we have two weeks worth of food? How about we follow the Red Cross guidelines and have three days uh, of a get out bag in case you need that? You know, let's have a little bit of money saved up in case there's an emergency that you can put that towards. Yeah, I like that, um, especially the the money part, because right now with COVID-19, um, at least on my mind and the mind of many people I know, the big crisis that many of us are going through is money, is financial. Right. financial it's like we yeah. have lost our job. One of my sons has lost his job mm. he, because of the type of job that he worked. He does not qualify for unemployment. <gasps> and so he's, he's stuck. And all oh. the things that he's been trained to do, he can't do until things start to open up again. So he's wow. feeling really, really frustrated and financially frustrated. And right. I'm really glad that your book has some very practical ideas for maybe not necessarily so much as handling things in crisis, but how to prepare for a, a future crisis. You were talking about the flooding in Michigan. I was just listening to NPR radio right before we, we got on the, mm -hmm. the podcast together. The flooding in Michigan, hurricane season is about to start in right. many parts of the world. Then they were talking about the California fire season, yeah. which is going to be in your neck of the yep. wood, literally. Sure yes. And I also was reading about, I live in Washington state and Eastern Washington. Washington is a very deserty part of Washington state. And they were saying that the fire wildfire season in Washington is predicted to start much earlier and be much more mm -hmm. fierce this year. And so those are things that we know are coming in addition yeah. to what we're already living through, right? That we can begin 
to plan for. Yeah. And here's the thing, friends. I don't want anybody to feel overwhelmed. I know that's why people don't. But if you could just be a little bit more prepared today than you were yesterday, that's my whole goal for you. The very first thing I I ask people to do is to get that seven-gallon canister and fill it up with water and get $101 bills. Because here's the thing. You're never going to regret having $100. You can start there and then you can add on to that. But most of us, most of us who haven't lost our job because of COVID can figure out a way to get $100 together. And here's the thing, that $100 may need to go to somebody who has lost their job. So it's not just thinking about ourselves. It's thinking about who in my circle do I need to be preparing for as well while things are okay for me. Why $101 bills? It's interesting. So during COVID, a little bit has changed where, you know, having things on a debit card was good because you could do DoorDash or grocery delivery. But also there are times when, depending on the circumstance, cash is king. So something like if all I was in a power outage situation several years ago where it was in Northern California when we weren't at home and we fortunately had cash for our vacation. But all the ATMs were shut down. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Even if a gas station can't take your ATM card, they can pump gas. They usually have generators that can pump gas. So as long as you have cash, you still have a way of being able to buy gas. If you need somebody to run to the store for you, you have a way of paying them, especially if power is out. To have cash on hand for those emergencies where the power is out is a good starting place. So I don't want you to have all your money in cash. I don't want you to have all your money in the bank. I want you to have it in different places so that you can survive no matter what's happening. You're not saying to um, fritter away $10,000 in in your mattress, but $100. Yeah. And Uh, I really recommend- Minimum, maximum, or just as a good rule of thumb? That's a good starting point. Okay. And then, you know, then you have to figure out what your circumstance is. Now, we have a fireproof safe. So that's where we keep it because one of our most likely desires, uh, um, disasters is- fire. So I tried to combine disaster and fire and said desires. But so figure out what, you know, do you have an emergency fund? And eventually I would love for you to have three months worth of emergency living expenses. So that's not three months salary, but three months of emergency expenses that you could survive on. And you have to determine what does that look like for you, but squirreled away. So if there is a crisis, you can be ready. And you Mm -hmm. can say, okay, we have a place to stay temporarily. We can do this temporarily. We can figure this out. But those cushions, you know, having two weeks worth of food at your house, having a three-day bag, having a a cash stash, what those do is they they give you a little longer to figure out options. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need in a crisis. We need a little bit longer to figure out what is our next option. Now, I have something to confess to you, Kathy. Go for it. I was going on a walk the other day. Uh, I was walking through my neighborhood and the neighbor's garage door was open. Mm -hmm. And inside their garage, I saw a full case of Costco toilet paper and a full case of Costco paper towels. I was very tempted to sneak in there and steal it. Now, (laughs) I've 
I've never stolen anything in my life. That's How weird hilarious. is that? But it's oh. like this all that we're in this crisis mode right. and everybody hoarding toilet paper for yes. some unknown reason. And yeah. I saw that sitting there and it was like I had this compulsion. I think I need to go relieve yeah. my neighbors of their case of Costco toilet paper. <laughs> Well, how dare they just flaunt it out there like the rich people they are. You know what? I I do believe that crisis brings out the best and the worst in us. And yeah. so I don't I knew you wouldn't steal it. I know Laura, she wouldn't do that. But here's the thing. I didn't need to go get toilet paper when all this came down because, you know, back in December, I'd bought some to replenish not what was running out in my house, but what was running out in my garage. Like uh -huh. I have the back stock of the back. The backup. Stock. Yeah. And that's not hoarding because it's what we use, but it's only hoarding when there's a crisis and you go to Costco and you take the last six packages of toilet paper. That's yeah. not okay, friends. But yeah, we get to these base <laughs> instincts, don't we? Well, yeah. And does your book address that at all? Just this weirdness that happens when we're in a crisis? It, it does talk about how people do get desperate. And so this is why I want you to be stocked up beforehand. This is why I want you to put some meat in the freezer. Once meat gets back into its where it's supposed to be, if you're a meat eater, but also to say, you know, do you have flour on hand? What is it that you need? to be okay during the next crisis? And what shelf stable things do you need to be okay? And, you know, Lori, one of the things that you talk about with book promotion, we have a, and I'll make sure that we have a link for you so your listeners can do it. But we had a pre-order bonus. Well, my book officially launched yesterday. So we don't do that anymore, but I'll be happy to do it for you guys. That if somebody bought the book, we also gave them a two-week menu and recipes of shelf-stable uh, meals that they could make. So it was like, okay, here's your list. Just go do this, and you'll have what you need in case there's a crisis. So really going beyond what your readers need and answering the next step, like we couldn't include that all in the book, but we have a cookbook that we give for free when somebody buys the book. Oh, cool. All right, so let's do a giveaway. Yes. So we have a question for your readers. What is one thing, whether it's, you know, a five minute step that you could do in the next 48 hours that would help you be more prepared today than you were yesterday? And I can give you a couple of suggestions. One thing is buy a couple, next time you go to the store, buy a couple of extra cans of food that you put in your pantry in case of an emergency. Check your emergency kit at your house, your little first aid kit. And are the band-aids older than your youngest child? Oh, you know, yeah. You know, so it's time to clean those up. Or if you don't have a first aid kit, you can get one for $20 on Amazon. Um, so those are a couple things you can do. Order the um, seven gallon jug and <laughs> fill it up with water. That's the important part. And in the book, I say 95% of this is common sense just laid out. 5% is going to make you feel like a weird prepper. One of the things that if you ha live in a place that's prone to earthquakes or tornadoes or something like that, there is something called a bath bob. And what this is, a bath bob, yes. So it's a liner for your bathtub that has a zippable top. And oh. so if you're concerned about losing water and you know a tornado is coming, you can fill that up in your bathtub. 
and zip it up. And that gives you up to 100 gallons of clean water. In, in, in an earthquake, you want to do that before you start flushing toilets. You want to get the water that's in the pipes because, mm-hmm. you know, you would rather be very careful with your flushes, let's just be honest, and have good clean drinking water. So those are a few things that you could do right now. To order a bath bob takes one minute. My husband's name is Bob, so I already have a bath See, you bob have a bath person. bob. You just need to make sure that he's sealable. There you go. Yeah, he's not sealable. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> okay, so bath bob. That's a great idea. So uh, what we're going to do for this contest is I have a Facebook group for the podcast called the Professional Writer Podcast Community, and you can get to that from bloggingbistro.com, my website. And all you need to do is join the Facebook group and you can then post your comment in the group. And again, Kathy's question was, what's one simple thing you can do in the next 48 hours to be a little more prepared than you were yesterday? And we'll keep the contest open for a couple of weeks. Is, is that okay with you? Kathy? Absolutely. That's how I do it. U.S. Oh. and Canada only. Yeah. yeah U.S. Yeah. and Canada only. Thank you for, for mentioning no that. And so you'll be giving away your pre-order bonus pack. Is there a book included with that too? Yeah. A Ready uh, for Anything book? or Yeah. So Ready for Anything and then all our pre-order goodies, including our family Ooh. plan, two weeks worth of meals, um, everything that you need. Wow. Thank you. Absolutely. That's so generous of you. Of course. I really appreciate that. Now, before we sign off today, I wanted to just pick your brain for a couple minutes. Do you yes. have a couple more minutes you can spend with me? We want to, I wanted to ask you just a little bit about book launches in general, because you have launched successfully 20 books. You have done a lot of book launches, and I know that you put a ton of effort into your book launches, and you have had some amazing success with your launches. Mm-hmm. So can you give my listeners some quick tips or some ideas about maybe some things that they could try if they're planning their own book launch that you know from experience work really well across the board? Well, I think right now your objective, at least my objective, is to get in front of people on podcasts, Facebook, and Instagram. Like that's where my people sit and that's where I want it. So it's doing things like you and I are doing right here. I just got off a call where I was doing um, a Facebook Live with another author. This is the way to get it out there. And then also, I think it's really important is to always think about how can I be serving that audience? Mm -hmm. And so we have some freebies on our landing page. And I'm happy to share the link to the landing page with you. So I'll give that to you for the notes. But it's just kathylip.com slash RFA, ready for anything. We give away free items on there as well. So some inventory sheets, things like that. So it's constantly, how can I be serving this audience? The other thing I would say is I get very frustrated with authors who diss on libraries. I know libraries, you know, people feel like, well, you buy one book and 20 people read it. Well, you know, I hope that works out. I hope that's the equation for you because lots of books sit in the library never being read. But if you have 20 people who are reading that book, you have 20 people who never were going to buy that book. You know, library readers are, for the most part, very dedicated to their libraries. But they're going to talk about that book with other people. And so some of my favorite things I've done, I've done library talks. When COVID struck, the very first person who contacted me about a speaking engagement 
was my local library. And they said, would you be able to do a decluttering session? So it's staying engaged. Anybody reading or talking about your book is good. Let's remember why we're publishing these books. We want to be able to serve our audience. And so if we can show up and serve. And then the final thing is, I always say, I want you to find your freaks. Find the people who are looking, you know, who look at the world the same way you do or are close to it and say, um, okay, who are the people who get really excited about planning? Who are the people who get really excited about saving money? These are my target audience for ready for anything, which is a little different than my target audience for my clutter book. So knowing that has been super, super helpful. Mm -hmm. So no, just to recap what you said, find your freaks, your, your ideal reader for yeah. the specific book that you are currently getting ready to promote. Right. That's exactly. important because it yeah. could be different from- It totally book. could be. Find out where those people hang out and then go be on those places, podcasts, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, in your case. Don't diss on libraries, but but be willing to do talks at your local library and share things that are in your book with them or do a reading. If it's a novel, you could do a reading. And, and let you, me tell you, you want to say another thing. Yeah, Let me tell you about libraries too, because librarians talk and oh, if yes. somebody says, Hey, she came and did a presentation. It was great. Then other people are going to, other librarians are going to buy those books. They also, I found out, um, watch the publisher weekly reviews very, very carefully. So mm -hmm. um, this book was fortunately featured in publishers weekly review and it was a good review. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> um, so those are good things to know because librarians buy a lot of books. So that's a yes, place you want to be. I just had an um, interaction recently with an association for church librarians. Oh, I didn't even know that such a thing existed. Very cool. But I was going to go speak at their conference. Uh, their regional conference was going to be in the Seattle area, but of course they had to cancel it. And so I said, hey, I'm directing an online conference called West Coast Christian Writers Online Conference. Maybe you would like to invite your church librarians to come and be a, a registrant and attendee at our online conference. Even though they're librarians, they're going to have a chance to meet Kathy Lip mm -hmm. and some of the other authors whose books they carry in their church library. Right. And the person in charge of the conference is like, whoa, I, I'd never even thought of that before, but that's a great idea. And they went ahead and sent out a, a notice to their that's newsletter group. Yeah, <laughs> so hopefully you know some of them will attend. Book launches is all about trying something. And then if it works, keep going. If it doesn't work, adjust. And that's what you did. You adjusted. I love it. And the key thing that I've heard you saying throughout our conversation today is always be willing to serve your audience. Yeah. Think of ways that you can serve them and then just serve, serve, serve. It makes the most sense. It sells the most books and it, it keeps you excited about your subject. And I know that it's very easy to lose that excitement when you've been talking about the same thing over and over and over again, but it's a beautiful way to serve. Uh, well, thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on the Professional Writer Podcast today and sharing your thoughts, sharing about Ready for Anything, sharing about book launches. I appreciate you. I've learned so much from you and with you over the years, and you're such a an important valued uh, friendship in my life. Oh. So, Laura, back at you on all counts, <laughs> and thanks for sharing your space with me today.
Well, you're welcome. And friends, be sure to head over to bloggingbistro.com where you'll find a link to join the Professional Writer Podcast community. You'll also find the show notes there and links to several of the items that Kathy and I talked about with you today. You can also, when you join that podcast community on Facebook, you can enter the contest and win some wonderful goodies from Kathy. So thanks again for joining us. And we will talk with you again next week.